0: Hey everybody! Welcome to another edition of Chris and Lissa's Great Goal Rush Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Chris, and sitting next to me is my wife, my partner, Lissa.
1: Hi, I am here. We're here.
0: <laughs> we missed last week because of. We uh,
1: missed the week before too.
0: No, I think it was just one week. Well, we missed a week. Um, you know, life gets in the way, and we don't have as much free time as we usually do. And before you know it, it's Sunday. And here we are yet again. And sometimes we don't have a podcast ready. Well,
1: it would be... Our time would be more free if parts of my body stopped... That's correct. ...falling off.
0: Lissa's body has been attacking her for the past two months. And so right when she thinks she's getting better, something else happens. I don't know why I'm explaining about your body, so go ahead. (laughs) Kind of mansplaining about your body. The last
1: time we... We had a podcast. I was just getting over mastitis, and then I got mastitis again. And the last, let's see, before last week, it was just the last two weeks before that were just hell. It Mm -hmm. was between the baby being as fussy as she want to be, between my health being, you know, trying to make sure that an infection does not ravage my body. It just, I had no time. I had no patience. I had no no joy, no light. Damn. It was it's a, it was tough. It, it has nothing to do with it. Really, the baby was the least of my concerns. It was it was your body attacking. Just yeah. dealing with one thing after
0: another. Mhm. Anyway. And so now you're still dealing with stuff. You know, again, it looks like everything, I mean, everything's fine, but and you're on the mend, but Let's it's just hope a, so. it's going to be a little bit longer than what you thought.
1: It's just impossible to to do anything when you're spending so much time trying to unclog your milk ducts,
0: you're trying to heal yourself and
1: heal myself. And then when you take medicine, then you're more prone to this, and these are the side effects of this, and then this happens, and then something else happens. You're just like again, one thing after another. It's a lot, and it was it, it ate up a lot of my time, and I don't even know. I actually I was going, I was considering going back to work at eight weeks post baby and the about a week before eight weeks was uh coming which was this past tuesday i reached out to my manager and i was like i'm not even going to consider coming back until 10 weeks because of some health setbacks that just literally i can't even function currently let alone take on any work project so i have listened to my body and delayed adding any more responsibilities on since, since then, um, you know, I have some time has freed up and trying to get back into some normal routines, like help at the homeless shelter, at least in the way that they are serving now, which is just dropping off and not actually serving the residents and, you know, jumping on a couple of calls with friends, which again, didn't have time for before. So it's just, it was a up. lot of yeah. stuff to deal with in a matter of a couple of
0: weeks. And it's it also, was not fun. Sorry. It's also a bunch of things that we weren't expecting. So we were expecting a lot of, you know, you're not going to get a lot of sleep and you're not going to get this and that. We knew that was coming, but we did not expect your body to start attacking itself. So that was something that took both of us off guard and then you had to deal with it.
1: Just so much time had to be spent trying to f- solve things or to try to make things get better and i just i hate i hate being off my my game like Mm -hmm. i hate being down um when i get sick i get very frustrated it's like i can't work out i can't take a walk i can't do the things that give me joy and we're already living in a world where we have so little things to do like we can't we haven't been going out to eat. We haven't been we haven't been doing the things that I often so often find joy in and then to then be stripped of another level of just like like all I'm doing all day is putting epsom salt on my nipples. Like that's not
0: fun. No, and it's and it has nothing to do with the baby. Like it has nothing to do with oh you got to take care of the baby. It's
1: no. That's more baby frustrating e- at night. E- the baby's easy. Yeah, the baby's
0: the easy part. It's everything you're dealing with. And
1: then just the stress of thinking about, like, feeling defective and then going to the doctor and then having Chris have to take care of the baby because, I mean, he takes care of the baby anyway, but I'm just saying, like, I can't do certain things because it hurts to put the baby on my one side. It's, it was, it's just a lot.
0: And it doesn't really help matters that the baby currently doesn't like me.
1: Well, you think she
0: doesn't. She doesn't. It's... I'm... If there's any fathers out there who've gone through what I'm going through, she will take to Lissa and loves Lissa. And I know you're going to say, oh, it's because she's giving your, you know, Lissa gives her milk. So do I. Um, and a Through bottle. Well, no, I just she's want to clarify straight off <laughs> she's, She started right out the gate with my nipple. But, um, you know, she takes to Lissa. calms her down immediately. I take her and it's screaming bloody murder for 10 minutes and then she calms down. But it has been it sucks so I'm waiting I'm waiting for this stage to be over with. I am I am so done with uh, you know Nate mentioned this yesterday one of my buddies said that this is the larva stage and she is she's like this blob that's waiting to form and she's getting personality but she's not there yet And I'm waiting for the personality so we can actually play and have a good time and. And do stupid stuff and like me try to make her laugh and be stupid try to make her laugh i'm the, waiting for that
1: the day before eight weeks because it had been such hell for from six to eight weeks she finally started you know not having a problem just laying on her back mm-hmm. and just she would smile it like it was like, fine it was like oh my gosh yeah. this is the baby we've been <clears throat> we've been waiting for. for
0: yeah <laughs> and it wasn't like oh she's not fussy it was just I can put her down without her freaking out. And,
1: and then I happened to go to have mastitis during the worst time, too, because she was the most needy, like she needed to be touching my skin at all times. She would not go to bed unless she was touching me. So it was like I I couldn't. And then, I mean, it's too too long of a story to go into, but I stopped breastfeeding and exclu- started to exclusively pump. So then that's like a whole level of commitment and stress and time consumption that i was not also was not anticipating because of the mastitis so and then
0: it's really frustrating with me because when i hold her she screams and so it's like you feel as though you have to hold her a lot because if you don't then she just screams with me and it's frustrating
1: it's it was a lot it was a lot
0: but whatever we got the rest of our lives (laughs) eh. no i'm kidding it's fine uh and meanwhile since we've you know had the baby I would say the world set on fire with yeah. protests. Yeah, and
1: I, you know, I have had a few people ask me, or I don't know. We've talked about what's. A few people have talked to. I've talked to a few people about what's been going on. It's like I've tried. I kept. I keep in the loop on occasion. Yeah. But I've really been removed and not purposefully. It's just like I have been kind of busy doing stuff and distracted. So it's kind of a good thing. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to turn a blind eye to something as important as this, but I really, I have been, I I feel a little removed and not as active as I probably would be otherwise. Yeah,
0: but then also, you have always been active. So this wasn't something that happened and all of a sudden the light bulb came on or you turned on the light switch, you're like, I need to be an activist. Mm -hmm. You've always been doing this. So there's nothing more that you need to be doing. Obviously, you may feel compelled to do more but you've always been doing it. And and I don't think, you know, showing up to a protest would make you feel more validated for what the work you've already put in. So, you know, I'm not knocking anybody going to a protest or anyone who shares something on social media because, you know, for that matter, that's what I've done so far. But there's more to it than just showing your face and saying, I'm for you now. And so this is the part of the podcast where,
1: We talk about white guilt.
0: Well, this is the part of the podcast where I've really struggled the past couple days on how I wanted to talk about this because as a black male, it's very frustrating to see a lot of what's going on right now. A lot of people are moved. A lot of people are excited for the change. People have finally arisen from their slumber. Yeah. And for me, it's been so frustrating to see A lot of my white friends reach out and say, hey, I I didn't know. I I can't believe that this is actually happening. And it's like, how the fuck did you not know that this was happening? I I told you about it. Uh, You've seen it on TV. It took a pandemic for people to be at home and to sit and not have to. You can't do anything. So you actually have to focus on what's going on in the world for you to realize that black people have been dying on the hands of of police brutality for centuries, decades, whatever. And now you guys are coming to the party like, hey, I'm ready I'm ready to help. And it's like, God damn it. I've been asking you for help for years. And now, now you're here. It's like, I saw someone write this the other day about seeing all these companies and all these white people coming to the party now and, and doing like falling over themselves to tell people that black lives matter. And like, we're they finally have opened their eyes and see that black people actually exist is exhausting it's so annoying when PetSmart sends me an email to say hey we just want you to know that black lives matter are you kidding me i don't need black lives matter from PetSmart. so
1: this the same thing happened Ugh. with pride after marriage equality um after same-sex marriages was legalized <laughs> all these brands and companies realize that their support of this cause affects their bottom line so exactly. here comes all these companies that are like all of it's a sudden, thrown up, money. thrown up rainbows. When right. in reality, it no. has nothing to do with. I mean, sure, there there might be some nugget of uh, caring, which I'm a little cynical about. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it has just has to do with their brand, protecting their brand, and making continuing to make money. Like, of course, it I, is. I mean, that's it. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> and also, you know, it, you can do that, but if you put your money where your mouth is, so. I don't care, like, let's say, for example, the NFL. This is a whole different conversation I'm not going to get into. But as big of hypocrites as they have been in the past five years, they at least are putting $250 million for the next 10 years to certain causes that's going to help out certain communities. So if you put your money where your mouth is, I'm okay with that. Yeah,
1: but what money are they putting that you're not seeing what's what money that is that's totally but you can't even that. do that
0: because if you start going down that rabbit hole you'll never come out
1: well it's kind of like um my approach with with other th- people who've remained silent throughout the trump administration it's like i see you like i'm keeping i'm keeping score i'm keeping note of this and i i'm gonna hold a grudge like a motherfucker so like yeah I, I you yeah you you're coming out now yeah. and telling me that um you know a a, a, a uh, there's a major problem with racism in the united states uh, and pr- police brutality i see you, you i see you coming out of the woodwork now that it's safe yep. like That's i'm keeping I'm keeping, That's that. I'm keeping note of that i'm keeping note of that and cautiously like congratulations but like i've been doing this right i've been supporting this and have been seeing this for a long time so like spare me your enlightened yep. like uh, point of view right now right. like I there's a point where, I, on one hand, I do appreciate it, but then on another hand, I'm like, fuck
0: off. It's, it's exactly <laughs> how I feel, and that's what I was trying to to articulate, which you just did a better job of. But, you know, one of the quotes that I have, which is not word for word, but it, it's been on my Facebook thing since Facebook started, is, uh, um, in the end, it's the mm-hmm. sins of my, enemy. no, in the end it's the silence of my friends that's going to hurt more than the sins of my enemies, basically. Mm-hmm. And so all the times where my friends just sat back and did nothing and just allowed this to happen without feeling outrage and not having any empathy. And, you know, we talk about, you hear the Black Lives Matter, and it's one of the things I was listening to yesterday where a guy was like, You know, you saw George Floyd on the ground and with a knee to his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and he died like a dog on the street. And he said, hell no, you can't even say die like a dog on the street. Dogs get more Because if a man put his knee on a dog's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and the dog died, people would ask for the goddamn uh, death penalty for the person. It would hurt people so much more that a dog died like that than a black man died like that the Amy Cooper thing where that white woman called from New York and told that black guy that I'm going to call the police and say mm-hmm. a black man is threatening my life more people talked about the fact that she was choking her dog mm-hmm. than her weaponizing her whiteness and his blackness like that is so frustrating to me and so I uh, I love it I love all the the act uh, I, I love people feeling as though they have the call to action to do something just do something do more than just change your icon to a black screen do more than just reaching out to me one time and say hey how can i help do more than just saying you're part of the solution when you see something do something and for and i got a bunch of cop friends, unfortunately silencing
1: you a black person's opinion let me get to that
0: in a second cops need to start calling out bad cops that's where this stops this this wall of blue where they don't say anything when a cop does a bad thing, that can't happen anymore. When we go back to the original, this George Floyd thing, had they arrested those police officers at the time it happened, you wouldn't have had these violent protests and these violent riots. You would have just had people pissed off, but you could have stopped it. People need to be held accountable. So we need to call out these police officers that are doing bad stuff, go after these police unions that... Protect the police officers, no matter what. We need to change. That's where we need to. This is where we make change.
1: And accountability for any industry anything. should be the bare minimum. Of course. Like, and that's 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 what's so frustrating about this. It's like the little person is accountable for a petty crime, but a an entire hundreds of thousands of people or whatever. I don't. I'm not specifying anything in particular, but it's like. There needs to be account. There, ultimately, there needs to be accountability. Like, yeah, no one's ta- and no one's saying that. And that's again bare minimum. It's not. It's not yeah. a, a revolutionary idea.
0: I hate having to put this precursor there, but saying like cops have such a difficult job. Of course you do. But guess what? You signed up for the fucking job. So that means there's some responsibility that comes with the job. Which means you should be worried about de-escalating scenarios as opposed to. Pushing people and shooting rubber bullets at protesters who are just being peaceful and not being bullies Like we need for you to be better because you are supposed to be the finest citizens that we have You're protecting us. So you need to protect us I'm just I'm tired of it. I'm tired of people not calling out cops. We're scared of police officers like we need to call every single one of them out so to your what you had just said was um people telling me how to feel or think Mm -hmm. i wish a motherfucker would now come up to me and say you know i really think that you should i I will lose my mind so if you're listening to this and you happen to be my friend please don't correct me or tell me how i should think or feel
1: well policing the most
0: insulting thing you can do
1: policing someone's tone policing it is it is a thing with 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 black men, black women, women in general, when someone polices your tone, it's just, it's an attempt at status quo.
0: It's like an attempt at- You're telling me how I should feel. And it's like, you're not in charge of my- Imagine if I told you, actually, I think you should, I really think that you, it's like, I would not do that. And if I do that, call me out on it because I'm wrong for saying that. But yeah, it it is a really tough situation. It's a really tough thing for me to deal with. Again, um, like you said, on one hand, it's awesome, the support. On Another one, it's unbelievably frustrating seeing people catch up to it. And it's like, oh, it's safe now. Because I know if I had a friend in a situation that was you know, being ridiculed or their lives didn't matter to the majority, I would be there in a second. I wouldn't wait for another video to come out. And so you see another video come out and now you come to it, it's like, You're only doing it because it's safe now.
1: Welcome to the world. Where have you been?
0: I know some people, you know, the amount of people who have reached out has been overwhelming, honestly. And there are a lot of people who didn't necessarily feel like that. Um, So I'm not attacking everyone at all. But this is how I feel. I'm just being honest. You know, I'm being completely honest how frustrating that if you were my friend and you call yourself my friend, how you would not be outraged of the things you've seen?
1: Can I make a comment to white people?
0: I'm not white. Okay, what? I just want to say
1: that um, when a person uh, complains and criticizes publicly, like "damn man, where have you all been?" Um, and then your response is, "You know, I've been. You know, I've been down in the cause. You know, I've been working on this. I hope that we're good, though, right? Like, I hope that." You. Yeah. Y- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about you. You don't need a black man, a.k.a. Chris's validation. <sighs> um, like, just just stop. Like, just stop this. This happened apparently at a work thing, too. And this uh, an individual spoke about uh, a black man spoke about, like, how he felt and at your job. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the president of the company. So basically it was like, like, I hear you, but like, but that's not how I am. We're cool. Right. Like, that's not how things change. That's mm-hmm. not how things get resolved.
0: Seeing the voices yeah, that so, are trying to and, change is and not. And
1: like, just right. stop trying to, just stop. <laughs> like, just stop trying to get the black person's validation so that you feel better about being a good white person. Like that's not, that's not, that's not. The I'm route. not
0: saying that you're saying that I just, I'm w- saying it
1: cause I see it. Yeah.
0: I just want people to put the money where their mouth is, put their money where their How mouth is. How about put is. their and vote? How about put their obviously ballot vote. where their but mouth is? I just, you know, lead with empathy. Always. Always. And call people out when they do something. And I know at times it might be scary, but guess what? Imagine what it's like being black in America. It's a lot scarier being that than actually you coming out and saying something. So if you really call yourself my friend, be my friend, and don't just be someone who, you know, well, I have a black friend. Look, it, don't don't do that. I don't have time for you. It's, it's different, and and the amount of people who have come out and reached out to me, it's awesome. I love you guys, but
1: but ultimately it's too, like yes and on another level you've reached out and you're like but I, I i am i'm a good white person see i'm a good white person like you're not if you're continuing to uphold white supremacy and and that that means your vote so if you are continuing to vote for candidates who are not sugar supporting by by
0: saying candidates no no,
1: no I, i'm not talking about any one candidate no i know you're not i'm talking but... about from top to bottom yeah, and I mainly from Bottom to top because I think it's more if effective at a local. Uh, of
0: course it is, but
1: I'm talking more local. There seems but like,
0: there's not seems to be. There's a party.
1: There are and it's not people who are who who are candidates who support ending or supporting bills that uh, dismantle this type of shit and support them and stop voting for people who continue to allow status quo to continue and like spare me your f- shallow facebook support about how not racist you are i don't care about how not racist you are i want you to be fighting against racism not just saying i'm not a racist oh, so, i'm not a racist yeah we said
0: that but that's like, exactly that's it right there it's not okay just to walk around life and say well i'm not racist yeah but, the, but the candidates
1: you're voting for are main are upholding mm-hmm. are upholding the system so like Stop, <laughs> stop. Your words mean nothing.
0: Your action means everything. So, you know what? At sometimes, the only thing you can do is be vocal on social media. Unfortunately, like there, that might be the only thing you can do, but that does reach people. And I'm I'm talking about, you know, whether you know, I'm talking to the you know, white person in South Dakota that may speak out against police brutality and it reaches a family member that might change their mind you may not be able to you know change a law but you might be able to change a thought and if you change one thought it's worth it it's absolutely worth it so if you went to a protest awesome keep protesting but there's more than just protesting like we obviously we are in the game for protesting there's there's nothing wrong with that but protesting like i put out there before protesting and voting is very important and reaching out to your local officials and figuring out more things that you can do at a local and state level and
1: there are plenty of causes you can advocate for yes not just empty empty support there's plenty of things i mean when like we've with gun legislation um it's like well there's nothing we can do there there are plenty of solutions to this problem, but they're they're difficult and they're and they
0: take time. They
1: take time, but there's also a lot of people, a lot of money behind
0: The gun lobbies.
1: Yes. So same with this. There's a lot of money behind keeping things status quo. So it's not that we can't do it. It's just it it feels like a it's a major uphill battle for a number of reasons and but there's plenty of things we can do. That's
0: all. So I didn't want to be really negative, and I'm sorry if it came across as being really negative. I don't think it's negative. I'm not a negative person. <laughs> I'm glad you caught on to that. I was making sure that you were listening. Okay. Um, no, it's... Just, I hope a year from now when we're talking that we've seen change from... I'm talking a, a change within my friends. I'm talking a change within the people who you know, I associate myself with. It
1: just, it frustrates me so much. I mean, it frustrates you. <laughs> you live it. I I don't, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not, I'm not you. But, um, just like from a, from a standpoint that even the people who are so for our economy, like our strong economy is the only thing that matters, we have, we have held back black people economically for decades and generations. Systemic racism. And we as a an economy are worse off as a result of our racist policies and and systems that
0: but it's not about it's not about giving it to everybody it's about giving it to the people that you know have been in power forever but
1: those but the point is that those those racist the way we have operated has it's you are only as strong as your weakest link so there's just so much that We could be so much better off if we didn't view policies on every on every on every level from a lens of racism or white supremacy. Like we would we would actually our economy would actually be better off. Well,
0: I think. Sorry. So it
1: just makes you wonder, like, is the economy what you actually care about? Mm, No, probably
0: not. Well, therein lies the problem. We would need people who actually want to see change for everybody and not just keeping them rich. And so, I mean, there's plenty of people who are in power who only care about people who look like them uh, to be well off. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't care about other people. So if you have that as your leader, nothing's going to change from that broad scale. We, we need people fighting on all levels. And it's, I, I was very, I was cautiously optimistic a month ago to say this but I do feel it I, I do feel uh, the tide is turning I do feel finally we're at the point and I was talking to my parents about this and again my parents are basically in their 70s my dad is in the 70s my mom is right there imagine what they've seen in their life and and I've and I've talked to them saying you know you guys I thank them for all of the stuff that they had to do or put up with because they were in a position they lived in a world in which if they spoke out, bad things could could happen and we're not there anymore. So the same things that they had to put up with, I no longer have to. Now there are some things that I know that I, you know, I know my role, I'm not going to be stupid, but we can fight more. Mm-hmm. Um, my, you know, my dad and my mom had this um, conversation, <laughs> they were trying to figure out when will we see a huge change in in racism and stuff like that and my mom seemed to think it was it would be our daughter's generation and my dad and me both thought it would be our daughter's children's generation and i believe I, i really believe that because unfortunately our daughter is still going to live in a racial divided society um but i think after that because you see right now with the protest and and people who are not putting up with shit it's a lot of young people Mm -hmm. a lot of young people are starting this movement and like i heard before someone say they got young legs and they're ready to go and they're ready to rock
1: i think that there's a number of reasons like one the pandemic has exposed the fragility of our system and our fucked up priorities um aka not humanity uh and then two Young people have realized that it...
0: The system wasn't built for them?
1: Yeah, the the system wasn't built for them. And you being told over and over again, like, just play nice, just be polite, just playing by those rules does not work. It just continues to make for complacency. Like, that's all it does. And I think that the veil of that that bullshit has just been lifted... um, because it's you know they're they're smarter than <laughs> they're smarter or not smarter I think they have more freedom to be able to act a certain way that previous generations that's were what I am saying about, my, about my parents
0: to. so my parents weren't able to act a certain way I'm not even a- able to act a certain way and this younger generation they're starting to be able to they're, they're more free with their thoughts they're more free with like being open with everybody and open with everything you know in my when we grew up remember if someone in our school was gay Mm -hmm. oh my gosh everyone was like oh there's that person's gay and i was like what the who cares
1: they have just realized that the system is bullshit and i think that it's fair because it is (laughs) yeah every time i go into a high school and to register voters and we go through this whole like and this point white men were the only people allowed to vote and at this point um white women were allowed to vote or black men were allowed to vote then white women were allowed to vote then black women were allowed to vote then native americans were given the uh, allowed Mm -hmm. to vote in the 50s it was like i I want to scream at the top of my lungs to these 17 18 year olds like this system was not built for you and the only way that it can be is if you participate in our democracy and and shape it through policy so vote yes but i can't say that
0: no you can't uh Oh, we have to pause because we hear the baby. baby. Hold on. And we're back, but not for long because we're going to... Because of that, that's why we're going to wrap it
1: up.
0: So we'll give you this uh, interlude for a second. Okay. All right. Uh, You guys have a great week and we will try to maintain... Uh, You got anything?
1: Have a better day than Lily.
0: Yeah. All right. Take care. (laughs) Visit www.greatgoalrush.com for our bucket list archive.
1: And if you want to follow us on social, you can find us on Facebook at Great Goal Rush.
0: Thanks for listening.